Welcome back to the Mike Dillard Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to bring your dreams to life. Well, gang, today we're going to talk about one of the most underrated marketing strategies in the world with one of my favorite friends and mentors, Mr. Cameron Harold. Now, I'm going to jump out on a limb here and guess that like me, you are probably a big fan of Mr. Richard Branson. And one of the reasons that I love Richard so much is that he's an incredibly shy introvert who has mastered the art of getting billions of dollars in advertising for his ventures for free. He's driven a tank through the streets of New York to get attention for the launch of Virgin Cola. He's hired a blimp that said British Airways can't get it up when they were having construction problems. He rappelled down the sides of the Palms Casino in a tux, and he crossed the English Channel in a floating car. Why did he do all these things? To get free attention and free press for his businesses. So if you're willing to use a little bit of creativity, and if you know how to strategically work with the media, you could find yourself getting the kind of free press and traffic that would normally cost tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, today, Cameron's going to give you the blueprint that you need to start getting free traffic using PR right now, today. Now, there's a massive side benefit to using the strategy as well. Once you get a story featured in these major publications, you can use them to acquire that elusive and coveted verification badge on all of the major social media platforms. This is definitely an episode that you're going to want to take some notes on, so be prepared to do that. Cameron does not leave anything out. And before we dive in, I wanted to give you guys a free resource that I am often asked about, and that is who does my tech? Who sets up my shopping cart? Who does my funnels? Who does my split testing and all of that fun stuff. So I just wanted to give you guys that resource for free in order to say thank you for listening and thank you for your support. For the past seven or eight years, I've used a company called visiontechteam.com. They've done all my tech. They've set up all of my membership sites and everything in between. And they know every internet marketing software platform out there that exists backwards and forwards. So if you need help with your tech, and if you need to hire a tech team that knows marketing, most importantly, then the guys at visiontechteam.com are the best out there in the world. This is not a sponsored plug of any kind. They're not compensating me in any way for this. This is just me hooking you guys up with one of the most valuable resources I have. Once again, say thank you for listening. So with that being said, please help me welcome Mr. Cameron Harold. Cameron Harold, welcome back to the podcast. Man, I've been looking forward to this, this uh, interview for weeks now. Welcome. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been a huge contributor to the podcast here in the past, to the training platform with uh, the amazing classes that you you produced with us, which have just been awesome. And I wanted to have you back on the show because you've got a book that you just released a couple of months ago about a topic that I've found fascinating for years that I still really don't understand, and that is how to get free PR and to do it correctly and strategically. <laughs> so mm. so I'm really excited to, to talk about the subject because I think the the benefits are versus the risks are very asymmetric if you do it correctly, meaning it could put your business on the map and change your life. Or you could end up spending a ton of money on this and get no results whatsoever. So I'm glad you're here to be your guide. Thank you. No, and you actually touched on something that it's interesting and that not many people actually pick up on that. And that's the strategic use of getting free publicity as well, free PR. Um, I think a lot of people j just kind of go after it, but they don't really think about how it can tie into 
either building their own personal brand or building their business or building certain aspects of their business. Well, give us, yeah, give us the, give us the 50,000 foot view from, from the beginning. One, how did you get involved in this topic enough to, to want to write a book about it? And what have you learned? Sure. So I got exposed to, to landing free publicity when I was quite young. My, my father and both my grandfathers owned companies and they were, all three of them were very adept at leveraging the media. And I kind of remember my dad coming home one day and he was in the newspaper yet again for something that he'd done at the golf club. I mean, like he'd raise money for a charity at the golf club. And I'm like, how come you're always in the paper? Like, how did they know you? And we didn't grow up in a big city. We grew up in a city of 100,000 people. And he said, well, I just, I phoned them. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, they, you know, there's a picture of you, you know, raising all this money for charity. And there's this little article about you and the charity. What do you mean you phoned them? He said, well, I phoned the newspaper and I told them that there was a story and they came out and they covered me. And that stuck with me. And I was, I was only about 13 years old. That stuck with me for a number of years. And then I was around 21 and I was running my own house painting business. I had 12 employees and we were painting houses. And I thought, you know, it'd be really cool if I could get the newspaper to write about the fact that I was painting houses because I'd probably get some work from it. And so I phoned the newspaper and I said, you know, I think I have a good story for you. And the writer said, what is it? I said, well, it was really hard to find a job this summer. So I just started to to start my own business. And maybe we could write a story about, you know, university kids or, or college kids starting their own company and taking their future into their own hands. And the writer said, that'd be great. How about I come out this afternoon? And I got off the phone and I kind of went, well, that was easy. And that really was the, the start of it. And, and then it was, you know, dozens of articles over a few years later with that company. And then years later, I did it again with an auto body chain. And then with a brand that I'm sure everyone listening has heard of. I came in as the chief operating officer of a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And we had 14 employees when I joined. And we landed 5,200 stories about our company in six years including being on Oprah and pretty much every major newspaper and magazine you could think of, the print editions. And that was literally using the same methodology. So I, I started to understand how to codify it and that it worked, and it worked for a number of different businesses. And it was always that same way of just picking up the phone and calling journalists. So here's the biggest lesson that I've learned when it comes to this. I, I hired a PR agency three or four years ago. I don't remember exactly what it was going to be around. I think I think just kind of my personal story to do some personal branding. And I ended up spending like 20 something thousand dollars with this company. Mm -hmm. And they ended up writing like a two or three page personal story or or bio, which I could have done myself in a few hours for free. Yeah. And then it never went anywhere because I was like, this is ridiculous. What am I paying you guys for? You know, right now you got on the phone with me, you recorded what I told you, you put it into this document for 20 grand. Yeah. And 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 now I've got to pay you more money to then submit it out. And there's also now an entire ecosystem of internet entrepreneurs and and kind of this entrepreneur space who will you can pay three, four, five thousand dollars to get featured in on Forbes or Entrepreneur Magazine or Success or whatever. Like they're they're contributors. A, yeah, go ahead. Contributing writers. Yeah, those are those are like the contributing writers for what has unfortunately become the bastardized medium of online journalism, right? Like, yes, yes. And so, what I hear you saying, and and this is what I want you to dive into more here in a second. And what I've learned is that 
the media and writers and journalists are starving for interesting content and stories to tell. And you don't have to pay for that. They would be thrilled to hear from you and to be able to put together something fascinating and interesting for their audiences for free. They're not going to charge for it. And that to me is the biggest light bulb moment that people need to get is that you're the one with all the power. They're the ones waiting to hear from you. It's just a matter of learning how to approach them and how to give them something that's a win-win for you and for them. Yeah, you're, you're actually really crushing this whole this whole topic. So here's <laughs> here's so you get it. So here here's the key. Every single journalist woke up this morning and thought to themselves, "What the heck am I going to write about today?" You know, every podcaster thought about who am I going to cover. Every blogger thought about who should I write about. Every magazine, newspaper journalist thought, you know, what story can I write today? And they have to come up with a new story constantly. Some of them multiple stories a day, some of them multiple stories a week. Even the TV and radio, same thing, right? They're all looking for content. The big thing to remember is that every media outlet only makes money in one specific way, and that's by selling advertising. They don't make money off their circulation, right? Podcasters don't make money by selling their podcast. TV journalists don't make money by selling their TV news story, right? Everyone makes money off the advertising. And the only way they get advertising is to have a whole bunch of people devouring their content, which means their content needs to be really good. So that's clue number one, they need good content. Clue number two is there's no such thing as investigative journalism anymore. People don't have the actual money to go out and find a story. So what happens is they're sitting at their desk wondering what to write about, your job is to give them something to write about and they will write about it. So the, 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 go ahead. Oh no, it was like, I'm just like thinking and like, and that's, that's how you end up with a site like business insider that has a thousand articles on the 10 best hamburgers, uh, you know, in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're just looking for content to be fed to them. So the, the real, I, I come up with what we call the three easy steps to free PR. Right. The first step is to know your angle. And every business, if we talk about businesses in general for a second, every business really has five very similar stories. The first story is kind of the entrepreneurial startup, right? It's how did you start your, your, your company? Did you drop out of a career? Did you leave a job somewhere? Were you frustrated with something and it, it launched the start of a new product, right? Were you trying to, to solve some problem that you had? So that's your entrepreneurial kind of startup story. The second story that everybody has is the overcoming adversity, right? It's the hero's journey. It's that I struggled with this while I was running my company. I really struggled and here's what I learned and here's what I overcame. And there's a lesson there for everyone. There's inspiration there for everyone. And it's that same hero's journey arc that that you take people through. So we all have, you know, you have and I have a number of, of these overcoming adversity stories that the media wants to write about. The third one is is we have our culture angle, right? It's like, what kind of a culture do we have? That Because everyone wants to learn more about culture, and it's not about the free massages and the free lunches. So how do we build you know, great companies? How do we build remote teams? You might have your technology angle, right? How you're leveraging technology tools and apps and hacks to run your business. Or you might have stuff about remote teams. So the key is to come up with, you know, oh, and then the last one, the fifth one is your the story related to your customers benefiting from your product or service. So it's really a customer kind of testimonial story, right? So in my case, I would talk about, you know, CEOs that I've coached and, and the successes they had in their business or 
COOs who joined the COO Alliance and how it made a difference in their careers. And I get the, the article to cover them and their successes, and I'm mentioned in that story. So if you think about those are the angles. The second one is to know your target audience. And this means the target audience of the actual media outlet that is covering you. Because in every case, if we think about a business story, you know, the Wall Street Journal's business section or Fortune's business magazine or Forbes or Entrepreneur or Inc. or Success or, you know, your podcast or a blog or a Forbes online, all of those have very, very different business audiences, even though they're business outlets. So you think have to think about how do you how do you spin your story or position your story for that specific audience? And that's the, the kind of know your target. And then the third step is to pick up the phone. And this is where most people go sideways, especially nowadays more than ever. They try to email everyone. Well, the idea is in every single journalist probably gets 200 emails a day, but they probably only get four or five phone calls a day and two of them are their mother. So you have a much, much higher chance of getting through to someone if you phone them. And if you, if you don't get a hold of them, you can even leave a quick message and say, Hey, it's Cameron calling from the COO Alliance. I think I have a great story for you. Give me a call back. Here's the number. And half the time, sorry, half the time they'll phone you back. Go ahead. And, and what's the best way to get their phone number? So you can get the phone numbers either off online databases like Cision or Media Atlas or Muckrack. There's online databases that you can subscribe to for not very much money, maybe $1,500, $1,800 a year. Or if you're just doing you know, a little bit of guerrilla PR and you're contacting maybe 10 people, often you'll find their phone numbers um, just through Google. LinkedIn. Worst, yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you can also phone the actual outlet and just say, you know, hey, is Mike Dillard there, please? Or it's Cameron calling for Mike. Oh, Mike who? Oh, Mike Dillard. And you just kind of audgy shucks your way in. Yeah. Because nowadays, there's really no such thing as a gatekeeper anymore. You know, these big companies aren't used to getting phone calls. So they kind of assume that you're supposed to be calling that person. And then the pitch that I use is always the same. Hey, do you have two minutes? I think I have a great story for you. And more often than not, the person is going to say yes, because again, they're looking for good content. When it comes to, so I'm going to use myself as an example, because I've been thinking about this the last few months, dealing with my health stuff, right? I have a hell of a story to tell from the yeah. past year, and I'm waiting to tell it until I'm I'm fully recovered and I have a, a final chapter, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, the the preliminary title might be something along the lines of "How the Entrepreneurial Hustle Almost Killed Me," kind of a deal, right? So I know outlets like Entrepreneur Magazine, Success, Fortune, you know, et cetera, et cetera, would probably have an interest in that story. And an additional benefit that I have to offer is that, hey, assuming you publish this, I will send my entire audience to your publish, you know, your site, your article to go read it. You don't, you don't have to do that part. Okay. Don't, don't, don't do that at the beginning because then it sounds like you're selling them, right? Remember, they actually need your story. And it's to have enough confidence in your story that you don't have to give them additional benefits. Gotcha. Okay. So that's, right. that's really is, good. Because this is a journalist who just wants really good content. By the way, I don't know if I would wait until your story's done because then it's like everybody else's. Imagine if your story is how my health issues have been killing me and what I'm doing to overcome them or what I'm doing to try to overcome them. So there's like a hope. Like imagine if you could take people along the journey with you. Imagine if you could have like a three-part study over the next 12 months that you're going to talk about what you're working on. Because everybody has that story of, oh, I was sick and now I'm not. 
Right. What about I'm what about I'm sick and I'm struggling and I'm going to open up the kimono and let you go through it with me. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, then it's like, fuck, that's cool. So question number two for you is around approaching multiple publications. Ideally, mm-hmm. you know, you see when you see a story go out that usually is good, you're you're seeing it everywhere. You're seeing it in a lot of outlets. Yeah. How do you approach that and handle that where it's like, hey, should I give this to entrepreneur? Do you want to run it for success? Ideally, I want to get it in both. But what's the strategic component around handling that? Yeah, more often than not, none of us that are listening right now are really running that big of an exclusive story that we can pitch the embargoed story to one one outlet, right? Okay. If we're talking about if we're talking about running that big feature front page article that's going to be the big scoop, then we probably know that's what it is, right? But if we're probably trying to strategically think about it, we're probably, I think, I, I wouldn't worry about it as much. So I would, what I would be doing is looking for a lot of city related press, you know, business magazines, newspapers, city by city, you can get covered in the, you know, the Chicago Tribune, San Francisco Chronicle, Dallas Morning News, Boston Globe, Vancouver Sun, you know, Austin, whatever, like you you think about market by market by market, all of those business newspapers will cover you, as well as multiple news, news outlets like magazines and, and wires. The key is just to remember those journalists have their target audience and you're going to position your story or spin your story a little bit more for their audience. Okay. That's but if good we have advice. That, yeah. yeah. If you have that big scoop story, then it's something slightly different. Do you come to them with your story already written and everything ready to go and to hand to them or, or do you pitch yeah, them no, on the concept? What I do is I, I give them the title of what the story might sound like. Right. So it might be, you know, how my health almost killed me or how, how my health has been killing me or something to that effect. And then what are the five bullet points around that story? Right. So it's how I was struggling, how I noticed I was struggling, how I have um, been reaching out for help, what I've been doing about it and what I plan to keep doing, you know, cheer me on kind of. And you, and you give the author or the journalist the five core bullet points so they can frame a story around that. It's kind of insulting to a writer to send them the full story. It's almost like walking up to a girl or a guy in a bar and giving them your entire life resume. Like, hey, here's everything about me. They'll be like, dude, I don't, like now I wouldn't even be able to uncover that over time. Right. 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 So cool. you, you want to give them, you give them little tidbits about yourself and then you get them to come up with their own perceptions or their own story. And then the, the, the other big piece of the puzzle that I would want to have in place first is a proper way to capture that attention. Right. Yeah. So, so, so the first, the, and again, I always go back to pick up the phone. So I never phone the news desk. I never phone the city desk and I never phone the editor. So if you think about an editor for a second, the editor who woke up today, you know, it's a Monday, the editor that sat down at their desk today is going through hundreds of news wires and press releases from the last few days. And they're saying no to every single one of them, right? Picture them with a stack of 200 news wires or 200 emails. And they're saying, no, 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 maybe, no, no, maybe. Why would you ever want to call that person? But if you phone the, the writer who's sitting down at their desk going, what the heck am I going to write about today? And you give them some story that might inspire them, chances are they're going to say yes to it. So I, I do like that initial message of, 
hey, do you have two minutes? I think I have a good story for you. If they say yes, you say, here's the headline and here are a couple bullet points. What do you think? If they say, no, I'm too busy, you say, well, how about I give you a call tomorrow or Thursday? And then let's say you get the green light. They do the interview with you. It's going to be a great piece. Do they typically ask you, hey, is there any website or something that you want me to link to or reference? Yeah, they may ask you for more supporting information. After you get into and you realize they're writing a story, you can ask them, would you like me to send you some more points on this? Do you want me to send you a couple of you know, website links that you might be able to look at to pull some information from? Don't ask them to link back to your website until you know the story is running. Because then you can ask them and they'll say yes. But kind of, it's kind of like getting a fish on the line. You want to make sure the fish is on the hook before you really try to reel it in. Right. So don't, don't turn from story to marketing until you know there's a story. Uh, it cheapens it a little bit. Again, yeah. you're, there to help, you're there to help them come up with a story. Once you've helped them come up with a story, they're so thankful. They'll put all kinds of links in it back to your website. And that is, by the way, one of the strongest ways to drive up SEO is media about your brand. Without a doubt. If you were to Google my name right now and look at Google News, it's story after story after story, and that all links back to my website. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. On the on the voicemail message, so let's say you don't get through to the journalist and you're going to leave a phone call, just leave the message and say, hey, it's Cameron calling from the CEO Alliance. If you have two minutes, give me a shout back. I think I have a good story for you. Here's my cell number. That's it. Don't tell them the story. Don't tell them and don't send them an email to follow up. Wait until you've left two or three messages before you send an email. And if you send an email, the email should be exactly the same thing. Don't tell them the story. You're trying to get them to phone you to engage with you. And most of them will. Okay, awesome. How many people should you be reaching out to on a daily basis? And what do you think your response ratio would, you know, is something to shoot for? I think, are you telepathic or something? Because I was about, to, I, I was just thinking to myself, I should probably tell you how the whole sales funnel works. Um, so think of it, think of it like a sales funnel that this is a, you know, you're, you're talking to potential buyers. So what I like to do is make 10 outbound phone calls maximum per day. Even eight outbound calls per day is really good. So if you're pitching eight people a day, that's 40 pitches per week. That comes up to about 150 pitches, 160 pitches per month. That will usually generate six stories per month. And what does the process typically look like from a time commitment for, from the yeses that you get, right? Is it an hour-long phone call? Is it multiple? Oh, it's, it's often less than an hour long. It's probably closer to a 20-minute phone call for most journalists. Okay. You think about how fast you can talk, you can really cover a pretty good story. Right. If you're doing a very in-depth story with a major, like we did, um, you know, Fortune Magazine, that was probably a half-day, you know, in-person meeting or uh, Associated Press wrote a story that ended up in 220 newspapers on a single day. That was about a half-day, you know, meeting with Tom Cullen. But even like I did, a, I was in the physical print edition of Forbes magazine two years ago. It was a full page article in Forbes, that also, which also appears online. But that was with the publisher, Rich Carlgaard. And I think it was maybe a 25 minute phone call that ended up as a full page article. Very cool. Very cool. How do you go about pitching multiple journalists at the same publication or contributors? Yeah, right? tougher one. I, I often try to just go with one 
I try to figure out which writer for a publication is the best one and go with them until they say yes or no. If you hit four or five of them, they end up usually sitting with their editor yeah. and they're all they're all explaining their story. And you don't want to have Mike, John, Bob and Kelly all explaining that they want to talk about this story and go, shit, the guy's pitched all of us. Right. Um, so it's, us- it's usually better to pitch one until you get a no or a yes. And then if they get a no, try a second one. But I would be pitching, you know, multiple people in the same city or, you know, that kind of a thing. I'll give you an example. Here's, here's a good one, by the way, on a customer success side. Let's say I had a customer in um, Tampa who I, I coached this guy, Bobby Harris from Blue Grace Logistics. I've coached him for five years. I could phone every single media outlet in Tampa over the course of a month, you know, 10 a day for five days for four weeks. I would cover virtually every big journalist in Tampa, every, every even all the small ones. I'd probably land five or six stories about Blue Grace Logistics benefiting from our coaching. After I do that, I could then actually pick up the phone and start calling every single journalist from Detroit about another client of mine, Charles Mock. Charles has a group called Allure Medical. It's the exact same pitch. It's the exact same kind of story, but it's a completely different market about a completely different customer. And I could just do city after city after city. If I go through my 19 coaching clients, by the time I've done 19 cities, I've covered 19 weeks of pitching you got enough press to cover you for a couple of years. And that's way cheaper than ever hiring a PR firm for $6,000 a month. And then let's talk, let's talk about that. So let's talk about the, the ROI that you've seen from pursuing this activity, because clearly you're getting some ROI or you wouldn't, you wouldn't be still doing this. Yeah. So, well, the first ROI is that it's, everyone believes what they read in the press, even though know, we're being conditioned around this fake news idea. We still believe there's truth in all this journalism and, and the stories that you're telling your prospects and your customers are going to believe those more than they believe your sales letter or your emails that you're sending out to them. Right. So what you can do with the press, every, every news article I get, I send it out five times on Facebook. I send it out five times on LinkedIn. I send it out five times on Twitter over the course of a few months. I email it to my list. I email it to the speakers bureaus. It gets linked back to my website. And then I add it to the press page of my website. So I'm really taking each story and amplifying it in multiple ways. And all of that drives more credibility, more credibility, more credibility. And guess what? You can finally put <laughs> for real as featured in, you know, blank, blank, blank <laughs> on your website. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, I've even, I've even gone so far now as to make a real point of saying things like I've been in the physical print edition of Forbes, the physical print edition of Inc., the physical print edition of Fortune, the physical print edition of entrepreneur not just the website which has now when i say that it kind of massively discredits all the press that anybody else is getting because people are like oh wait yeah they're not in the real magazine yeah and so when you push for really strong content it actually does make you stand out you can also get reprints of all that you know i've got physical i've got boxes of the forbes magazine because it's a full page article written by the publisher about me and the vivid vision concept and I hand copies of that out to everybody. You know, my coaching clients get copies of it, CEO alliance members, I hand it out at events. So there's a lot of, of additional, as you mentioned, the strategic side of PR. There's a lot of other strategic reasons that PR is really good and that drives the ROI as well. But don't look at one article going to necessarily drive traffic to your door. You know, even when we were on Oprah for when it's undergot junk, we didn't necessarily sell a lot of franchises from being on Oprah. 
the real play we got off of was the ability to talk about being on Oprah for the next 16 years. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the ultimate stamp of third-party credibility. Right. Is there a way to strategically increase your odds of being put into the print publication? Yeah, I think that the ways to st- strategically do it are to make sure that your website is very press-friendly, so that you have good photos up, you have good press links up, you have good press content up so that you, you show yourself as being credible. Um, it's to making sure that you keep adding all the additional media that you get. And Ryan Holiday wrote a really great book years ago called Trust Me, I'm Lying. He talked about laddering up the media. And every media piece of media coverage you get shows more and more credibility for the big publications to take you seriously. Right. So if you've been shown 12 times, then it, you know chances are it's going to be better. If you've been shown 50 times, all of a sudden, they won't even read all those articles, but they'll be like, wow, this guy's getting a lot of coverage. They are the real deal. And yeah. So that drives that credibility up. It's amazing. This is just a game of social proof. <laughs> it's totally social proof. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, so for me, what I like doing is I'll hire a full-time, I love women. I find they're way better in PR than men are. They get through the gatekeepers better. They're better on the phone. They multitask better. So I hire 24, 25-year-olds, females who love to sell. I treat it like a sales position because it's cold calling, right? It's picking up the phone. It's handling rejection. It's managing a sales funnel. But if you're paying a full-time PR person $50,000 a year, you pay them $4,000 a month and give them another $500 a month in bonus, maybe it's $55,000 a year, you will absolutely land content. And then when you repurpose that by handing that content to either you know, a freelance marketing person or your marketing team, then you can really leverage it because they can take it and republish it, relink it. All right. So this just got really interesting. I love that idea. How much do you, do you offer or how do you compensate them for each booking that they do yeah what i do is i set up a goal that in the first two months they have to land three stories a month for the next two months they have to land four stories a month for the next two months they have to land five stories a month and then at six stories a month forever afterwards if they're landing those stories they're getting a 500 or 600 a month bonus that's it that's the whole program so the entire program is based on them hitting their goals I don't put bonuses in place for that. That's what they paid a normal salary for. Okay, so so just to make sure I understand this, you're paying them a full time salary to to pursue these bookings, and then hitting those goals gives them a bonus. Yeah, just a little bonus on top of that. Okay, all right, cool. That makes sense. Uh, I'd imagine this could potentially be just a great job for a virtual assistant who's hungry and you know commission based and and is a go getter. It, yes, but don't ever treat it like an assistant role. Treat it like it's a sales function. Right. right? Really think of it and market it as a sales role because cool. um, you're going to hire you're going to hire a salesperson. But yeah, it's a, it's a great like it, it actually scales quite nicely. I've also been able to use part time people doing it who also are selling my normal product or service. You know, they spend two or three days a week selling my products, and they spend two or three days a week selling my PR. Right. Cool. But they're still a salesperson. Well, Cameron, this has been like filled with actionable <laughs> actionable tips and strategy. I don't I don't remember the last time we had an interview that was like 99% meat and content and uh, and action steps like this. So thank you for going into the details that you have. This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. You've put this into a book that is a step-by-step blueprint and manual for going out and pursuing free PR and getting it like this. What's the title of the book and where can people get a copy? Yeah, the book is called Free PR. 
and it's on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. And yeah, it's absolutely the step-by-steps. In fact, the reason I wrote it originally was about nine years ago, the CEO of grasshopper.com asked me to write his internal manual to teach him how to build an internal PR team. And that became the kind of core content that I then nine years later turned into the real book. Wow, cool. Very cool. Well, guys, definitely go pick up a copy of the book. I think Cameron's laid this out in such an easy to understand fashion and systematized it to where all of us can go immediately start applying this to our businesses. And you never know when one of these stories is going to go big, it's going to go viral, and it's going to you know, have the potential to change your business. I can't tell you how many businesses and startups I've seen, especially around Kickstarter, where just the PR and the press around their stories have put their businesses on the map. So I think pursuing this and doing it right and doing it strategically with the help of Cameron's book is something everybody needs to do. I know I'm going to definitely start pursuing this myself. So Cameron, thanks for coming on once again and and dumping just a ton (laughs) of knowledge and wisdom for everybody. You always deliver the goods whenever whenever you show up. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, where hey, can Mike, people, you're welcome. Thank yeah, you. And where else can people go to connect with you personally, whether it's your personal website or social media? Yeah, take a look at the Second in Command podcast um, on iTunes and everywhere else the podcasts are. But the Second in Command, I only interview the Second in Command, so the COOs. So for all the great companies out there that um, we're hearing from the CEO, I get the rest of the story. And then uh, the COOalliance.com is my core website as well. Awesome. 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 Well, guys, go pick up a copy of Free PR off Amazon, connect with Cameron, and definitely go make sure you check out the classes that he's produced for you over at MikeDillard.com. Click on the classes tab. He did two amazing classes, how to create a vivid vision for your business, and then how to hold meetings, where he basically dives into the same level of detail you just went uh, through here today but how to hold productive meetings for your team and your company. It's absolutely game-changing content, so make sure you check that out as well. Thanks for listening. As always, if you loved this interview, please share it with your friends and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else where you might be listening to this. That helps us out here at the show tremendously. I appreciate you listening as always, and we'll see you next week.